Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 55. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I am your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Hey. And Nick Navar. Oh. Hello. Welcome everyone to our show. We're going to be talking about an announcement about the 2019 World Championships, which uh, uh, came early this Monday morning, and about some more circuit information that was released last week, later in the week, uh, for the 2020 season. But, uh, boy, these Monday mornings have sure been like absolute gold for our show, at least here, Alex. Yeah, wait, uh, was this information released Monday? I thought there was some, like, midweek information. Yeah, so that was the circuit information from last week, um, but we had some information released this morning about Worlds. Uh, specifically, I'm just going to jump to this right away because I think it'll take a shorter amount of time, and I'll get into the nitty-gritty of all of our circuit stuff from uh, for, uh, for the upcoming season, which was announced last week. I know there's probably a lot of opinions about everything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But this uh, morning... We got the announcement for the commentary team for the VGC side of things, and it looks going to look and sound very familiar. We have Adam Doricott, Scott Glaza, Dwee Ha, Rosemary Kelly, Gabby Snyder, and Aaron Zhang doing commentary for VGC. Aaron Zhang's going to be doubling up for doing both the Pokemon Go Invitational and VGC. And, you know, TPCI has decided to stick with the same team as the International. Uh, seems like they got a winning strategy. They're not changing teams between the International and Worlds. Oh, I see what you're going for there. Is that like a like a team's reference? I mean, there are six of them, right? Yeah, so they're not changing their Pokemon. That's funny. Uh, uh. Which are the restricteds? Yeah, wait, who are the... It's gotta be, like, Scott's absolutely one of them. Uh, and then... Aaron Zang. Uh, it's gotta be Aaron Yeah, Zang. probably Aaron. Yeah. Aaron and Scott. So, of okay, the three yeah. of them, of the three of them, who is the Mega Evolution and who holds... Or the six of them, who holds the Mega Evolution Stone, who holds a Z-Crystal... Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. hmm. Uh huh. Z move user. I would give um I would move the restricted off of Aaron to somebody else so that Aaron can hold the Z crystal because he's the only one he's the only one with a Z in his name. Uh, that's I I see what you're going for there. Um maybe then the other restricted would be Dwee just because of his uh how long he's been in the game, but I don't know how has he been in the game longer than Gabby? Who do we? Yeah, they've uh, both been around about the same time. Actually, I think Gabby's a little bit longer. All right, all right. So they're both uh, they've both been around forever. I think yeah, Gabby was was Gabby two thousand six. Um... Yes, actually, yes, yes. She played in a uh, JA and Journey Across America. So Gabby's been longer than Dewey, actually. Yeah, and like Dewey's still ancient. In Pokemon terms, but yeah, um, yeah. All right, I'm gonna make Dwee the Mega, and I'm gonna give my Z Crystal to Rosemary. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, let's just stick with that and move on here because we've uh, dwelled on this topic long enough. But uh, yeah, that's our commentary team, and the schedule's all up on Pokemon's website. You can f uh, watch the World Championships on stream if you're not at the event at Twitch.tv/Pokemon, and then uh, for the VGC channel as well as that's Twitch.tv/PokemonVGC. Now, we also, with this information, got the World's Tournament schedule and structure, um, which is has not been... It's the same thing we've had the last... Uh, what would it be now? Three years? 2016, 17, 18, all the same thing um, as this year for 2019. Same deal where anyone with Day 1 um, will advance to Day 2 if you have two or fewer losses with no ties. And then from Saturday, it's 
anyone with two or fewer losses and no ties will advance to the top cut bracket. Doesn't matter um, how many people that is. They will um, figure it out with all the buys and stuff after, um, even if the bracket is not clean. So um, this is an ideal tournament structure. I wish we had this for all of our internationals too, but uh, what do you think? Nothing's changed from uh, the last few years. I think the format is just, I think it's really good. Um, uh, like given that we're Swiss pairings, which Pokemon uses for every other tournament, so it's not really in, it's not urgent to break that for um, Worlds. Um, and the Hard X2 cut is uh really good when you can allow it um yeah no complaints whatsoever about the world's format i was gonna say i'm in total agreement i've always enjoyed this structure and um i know a lot of people ask the question like why don't we see this at other tournaments and uh to that i'd say that i would like to see it and maybe it's not as good time wise and also you have to account for day two buys so that kind of throws a thing into the mix but overall i've uh, i've enjoyed this structure for worlds it just makes for a great tournament they did it at NAIC 17 as well, and that was also really cool. And yeah, I wish we had more of it, uh, but it's always great when it comes around. Oh yeah, we did. We did kind of have this like in Nationals 2016 in the United States. We had this. Oh yeah, uh, 2016 that's as well. Yeah. NAIC uh, 2017 and uh, was it was it 18 or no? Did they do this in 18? No, 18 was a uh, hard top eight. Okay, um, just hard top eight. Okay, cool. Uh, and actually, that was uh, that was honestly a little bit fortunate because if the Alberto and uh, Jeremy game had in round fourteen of Swiss that uh, got thrown was uh, if it had gone the other way and there had been a hard X two cut, there would have been like eighteen or something people that got in at ten four. I think I could oh. be remembering this wrong, but that's. It would have been a huge top cut, okay. and it just ended up being, I think it's a hard X3 cut, um, but like we dodged a bullet there if it had been the same records. Could have seen a whole different tournament. It would have been wild, um, just having like top 32 sets for US Nats. Or like it's either top 32 sets or just straight to top 8 based on a set in round 14 that one of the players didn't care about because he was already in cut like yeah. he would have cared about it and so yeah 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 obviously yeah. but yeah so uh yeah so i guess all in all here seems like we're all in agreement that this is a great tournament structure for worlds here we've had it for the last uh four seasons including this one now so great uh great to see this at worlds so let's uh, move on from here. That's about it we got for like the major stuff. There's also like the stream schedule, um, more like in just a general world schedule as, as well. So you can you can check on the times for the opening ceremony and just like what the typical schedule is going to look like for all of that on Pokemon's official website. So we're not going to talk about the 2020 circuit information, uh, which was released later in the week last week, um, which pretty much give us gave us a good layout for a lot of different things. We got... Um, our championship point tables, we got kickers, we got best, best finish limits, we've got the internationals dates and locations, except for the one in North America, which is going to be in the United States, um, but the specific city has not been determined yet. But otherwise, um, you know, love having all this information really early in August. I remember there was this big uh, joke from last season about, because TPCI had posted on their website that 
they're going to announce the, I believe, the championship point bar in late July, and that didn't happen until, like, November, if I'm correct, if I yep. recall that correctly. It's late July somewhere. It's late July somewhere, yeah, I like that one. Uh, apparently, Stephen pays no attention to my Twitter, because I already tweeted out some late July memes uh, on August 1st, but they were too late, because Pokemon decided that August 1st was the perfect day for them to post their circuit information, so... <laughs> Rip my Twitter likes. Yeah. They uh they beat you to it this time. So um one of the biggest changes, or I guess like this wasn't a big change for us, but I just noticed they made a big point about the trading card game masters, their championship point bar went down. Otherwise, every other division for VGC is uh virtually unchanged in terms of qualification level. Mm-hmm. So I know one of my hopes from last week was I wanted the bar to go up for us, and it didn't, and that's fine, whatever. Um, it stays at 400. How do we feel about this? I think it's fine. It's just inclusive enough where uh, players can... I think pe people can earn their invite in a multitude of different ways, which is really cool. Obviously, that will change with the new BFLs and such going forward, but um, 400 seems like a fine number to make it still reasonable and not too far. Uh too far of an achievement. Um, I I'm of the opinion that worlds should be it, it's like a celebration of the game of Pokemon, and that uh, like they, they could have it be um, more exclusive, and it would just change the event. But as it stands, um, day one is not especially difficult to reach, um, given that you put in practice and. Uh, attend events like uh, attending events is the big one um, and I think that the current bar is set at a place like uh, there it's set at a place where anyone who has a chance to win worlds um, should probably have an invite unless they didn't attend a reasonable number of events of events if they, you have to attend locals um, in order to basically in order to basically get your invite given a moderate amount of skill at the game. Um, but, and like, I'm not trying to uh, make, uh, devalue. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to devalue uh, a world's invite, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's like, I'm, I'm worried about, I'm saying rude things now about uh, the ease <laughs> of getting a world's invite, but it's, uh, it, it's really not that challenging, given that you, um, to, like, given that you put time into it, basically. And I think that is, that's it, a good place for the world invite to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say that it's yeah. just like you said, a celebration of playing Pokemon. You have to attend enough tournaments to make it a reality and do well enough at those tournaments. Attend some majors, because while it is possible to earn an invite through only locals in the 2019 season, uh, I don't believe anybody really made that happen. Um, um, Andy Hines did it without leaving the state of Ohio, but and he did so he didn't have any regional finishes, but he did have um, an internats that he got. Okay, from, yeah, yeah. So pretty close there, um, but he did have to attend an international, which is one of the largest tournaments of the year with one of the highest payouts, especially uh, even at... Uh, Levels that you don't see at regionals, you know, d diving further down, top 128 and what have you. I don't know if we reached that this year. No, but, like, you know what I mean. Top 64 CP and stuff. However, um... Yeah, no, he, he had to show up. 
I'll check the CP sheet, but yeah. Um, Basically, I like, like the, it, it, I like that idea that you brought up, is that uh, it's a celebration of playing Pokemon, and, you know, day one, uh, good oh, players no, sorry. shouldn't and, worry. Um, day one players shouldn't worry about uh, worlds getting overpopulated, uh, because if that's the case, then it's just looking even easier for you to get to day two, because if, I mean, you gotta be the best, to, uh, you gotta... Basically, you need to be good enough to beat all these players to make it to day two. And if you are, if they fill it with more players that uh, you deem unworthy, if that's the type of person that you are, view it that way. Then, I mean, don't worry about it. You get to make it through day two or to day two for day one. Um, if they just add more people, so. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. Andy Himes actually did get his invite without any regionals or internet's uh, championship points, as well as Zane Thatcher. Did he max out every local? Is that what you had to do? Um, he, like Andy has 152 PC points out of, uh, 180 and he has 236 MSS points out of 300 and he finished that off to, uh, with 12 IC points. Just 12 IC uh, points? Yeah. Okay. Like if you cap your PCs and your MSSs, then you have 480. So just... Oh, okay. I thought uh, I was under the wrong impression. Maybe I was thinking of in 20... 20- 17? I don't know, the year that was 500. Yeah, it, it was 5, yeah. You okay. needed to cap your, or they also had lower BFLs on MSSs that year. So yeah, you had to um, do stuff at regionals, basically. Maybe I'm mixing it up with a, a year that you had four BFLs for mid-seasons and they rewarded 50 for winning or something like that, and you could hit with just yeah. mid-seasons, something like that. I remember that being the case, but anyways, it's not too... Uh, worth talking about and also again uh, like Nick and I both had stated we're not trying to devalue anybody's uh, world's invites Um, I think it's a good thing uh, where we're at and uh, I don't know what are your thoughts Steven now that Nick and I have talked about it yeah so uh, you know these people earn their invites so they're gonna if you wanna if they go to worlds and play in there you know great so they earned them they got their points Um, but one of the things that that you both pointed out here is you know speaking about the locals so i want to just kind of transition us over to that um because you know the world's the world's bars at a good point is still challenging enough for some folks because if everybody was at worlds or if everybody got an invite um you know it wouldn't it would be meaningless and not everyone does have one so um you just still need to be able to go out to events and earn those points but i did want to transition us over to um you know, specifically the best finish limits for our locals, uh, premier challenges and midseason showdowns. So this is, um, changed slightly. I think the grand total might be the same, but it's changed slightly in how you can earn these points and when during the year. So, um, this is from the website. It's six per year from any series. And I think this is in contrast to last season where it was, you could only get two from each of sun, moon and ultra. Yes, that is how it was this season. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, now, uh, the way I'm reading this is that you can get your uh, best finish limit of six at any point in the year without uh, having the constraints of the series. And we all have confirmed that the season will run in series again. Doesn't don't necessarily know if that means anything for a formats, but uh, the autumn series will be September 1st to November 10th, 2019. So, We've had series for a while. Yeah. Like, even, I know, uh, I'm pretty sure 2016 had, like, the Blaziken, the Sceptile, and the Swampert exactly. series. Or, I was going to mention like, that. Yeah, they, they've been around and haven't so really... we've had them, but um, this is a... Uh, seems like uh, players can pretty much jump into their locals and start getting uh, their points whenever they feel like it. Instead of, you know, having to be forced to play certain points of the season. 
uh, if they're unavailable or you won't be able to do that, that kind of thing. Um, so you can jump in when you want to. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, for the majority, for a large majority of the people, that this is just a really solid change. Uh, having, like, going to a local and um, getting a top eight, it feels really bad because you would like to upgrade that finish, but you don't want to, or uh, you don't want to uh, duplicate your finish or get a top four at a 30-person event and get seven points for it. Um, and this, it, um, it just makes attending locals feel better uh, if you already have um, attended locals. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, the issue with it, uh, potentially, we haven't seen how stipends will work with this, uh, but there is a chance that it could just um, require players chasing stipends to attend um, six premier challenges and six midseason showdowns every um, stipend period. Uh, I am very much hoping that that is not the case and that there's still um, a BFL for uh, locals for stipend calculation or some sort of overhaul for stipends because it is it, it is extremely worrying as someone who is on the snowball this season. Yeah, and I was going to say, yeah, Nick, it's um, ridiculous. Is that uh? So just in general, have we confirmed that the uh? Do we have the information yet that the snowball will be returning in the same fashion as it was done this year? Uh, we don't to my knowledge like we have we did confirm that well we have the first wave right we have the first wave i think the players that uh earned the most points between april 1st or whatever it was after actually not yeah brazil uh, between brazil not brazil berlin and u.s internets those players were posted on a leaderboard and told that they will be getting their travel awards to brazil yeah brazil is the first one uh the first internets next season yeah okay yeah, so that, I wasn't sure. So, yeah. so that part yeah, is I, confirmed. Yeah, um, I actually believe we do have these uh, qualification periods and quarters confirmed there on Pokemon's website. So okay. uh, let's just go over these dates really quick here then. So Latin America's international, like you just mentioned, is from April 29th to June 30th, 2019. Those are the points. The time period you need to earn those points to earn that travel award and stipend to that international, the first one, um, which we got a date for, which is November 15th through 17th, 2019. So, Pokemon Sword and Shield launch weekend. Alex, you nailed it from a few episodes ago when we were making that prediction. Uh, so, good job there. But the um, <laughs> No, Oceana... I don't want the good job for that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted not, to be wrong. You you got the prediction right, at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, after that, you've got Oceana, which is going to be July 1st through November 17th, 2019. So that's going to include the Latin America International. So we've seen all this happen before. And then this just continues. Um, Europe, Europe's International, which will be in April of 2020. You need to earn those points from November 18th, 2019 through February 23rd, 2020. And then for North America, that's going to be in uh, June of 2020, where your travel award needs to be earned. Those points need to be earned from February 24th through April 19th, 2020. So these are all just all these uh, qualification periods um, or quarters, like uh, some have mentioned before. But um, yeah, on their website, this has been listed, and I believe this is confirmed, uh, and as always, in parentheses, subject to change. 
Yeah. Okay. So pretty much the same uh, format, the same, same structure uh, system that they used this year for determining. Yeah, pretty uh, much. But your concern of uh, how many locals every player is going to need to attend for every uh, every qualification period, you know, that is very concerning, and uh, that is still an unknown. What is this? Uh, I'm looking at the page now, and there's this awards for travel section, which says check back for information on awards for travel. And this almost makes me, my first thought reading that was, oh, do we not know what kind of prizes the players will get for travel awards um, yet? And actually, maybe that is the case. I'm looking down now. Huh. Yeah. Because this is just a general uh, international championship page. So, yeah, they have not yet confirmed how much money you'll be getting. Or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't anticipate them changing it, but um, maybe they would change... Uh, uh, they could change, like... Um, uh, I really don't know what they would change. Uh, well, at least they're, they're, it's interesting they're holding that information back for now. They're, uh, you know... Yeah. They, this is just... This just feels like TPCI being extremely cagey and holding their cards close to their vest until everything is 130% confirmed like they always do, which is fine. It's really professional of them um, that they tend to not um, renege on promises. So You would use a poker analogy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm fine with them withholding this information for now. Um, I don't know what kind of changes this could mean, you know, maybe it might just be the same kind of, um, reward system like it was this past season and, uh, could also just like maybe it's trickle down a little bit farther for different people, or they may just change the values for, uh, the certain ranges, you know, first through fourth versus, uh, fifth through eighth. I don't know, but, um, those are still unknowns. We'll talk about those eventually once that information gets, uh, once that's public, but, um, yeah, in terms of those internationals, you know, the uh, dates, you know, those aren't too surprising. I guess the big one is the November 15th through 17th. Almost guarantees that we will be on Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, which I guess isn't that much of a surprise, but um, how do we feel about that one? Um, that is, it's a real disappointment, honestly. I thought London one was a really cool, like 2017's, um, or, I mean, it was in 2016, but the the first major tournament of 2017, I thought that London one was a really cool tournament. And I was looking for... I really regret that I didn't play at that tournament because I would have done really well at it, in my opinion. And I was really looking forward to playing at a huge international uh, comparable to London one for Gen 8. And... Uh, I know that a lot of people did not like it. Um, specifically, a lot of European players uh, didn't like being guinea pigs, and they wanted um, to play uh, a developed format. A, a, yeah, something that was at least somewhat more developed. And then they got that. They got the complete. They, they did actually get uh, a second, uh, second twenty seventeen format internet when it was oh, yeah, dead. Yeah. As part of when uh, it was... the twenty eighteen season's fall. Yeah, it was overdeveloped, so the format was basically dead at that point. Everybody was ready to move on, but London... imagine complaining about getting two VGC seventeen internets. That's true. I'm, I wouldn't be complaining. I didn't. Exactly. Um, oh yeah, that's because that's because both of you were a killer in that season in that format. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good year to be 17. us. High five. But anyway, Nick, I'm with you with that sentiment. Like 
I was really looking forward to this first international being on the Sword and Shield games, and you know it's it's a really good crowd pleaser when you can get that brand new game right up on stage right after it's released. You know they did a good job of that with Sun and Moon. Uh, may not have been great for the early meta game, and especially for the local um, local area, the local uh, rating zone. But um, you know for the big international, it they kind of so wait hype. until February. That's a long wait to get your big game out, especially on the competitive end, um, especially for an official stream. Yeah, for the first Super Major is going to be uh, just so far into the season, uh, or so far after the release, and it's just really unfortunate. At least it'll give us time to, you know, get our teams in game and stuff, because uh, we're going to have to learn all the new breeding mechanics and such, and uh, just general mechanics, you know, and a meta game will develop. We'll, uh, we'll have a pretty well-established meta game by that time, I imagine. Um, but yeah, just very disappointing that uh, we don't get this, you know, great showing of the game. Instead, uh, they're going to have to be... Uh, shelved for a bit in terms of competitive until we see them on the international stage. One thing I wanted to mention was that uh, the writing here, the autumn series, goes to like September 1st to November 10th, and uh, this almost had me hopeful because uh, I imagine autumn series is going to be the you know the duration of the ultra series, not ultra series, the ultra sun and ultra moon format that we will be playing po post worlds. And this is one week, it ends one week before the International in Brazil, which almost gave me hope that we would be playing something on Sword and Shield at uh, Brazil, but in Latin America, but it just, I mean, it's the same weekend. You can't possibly host a tournament the same weekend, so... Oh yeah, and uh, I have heard from a source just that it will, it's confirmed to be on... Uh, it's going to be on Sun and, oh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Um, one one thing that we haven't hit on yet, uh, going back a little bit to the championship point structure, is that um, the special events uh, championship points are not... The, that is actually a change. Um, it says special events take place in addition to standard championship series events. Most of these occur either as side events at major championship series tournaments or as standalone events scheduled at gaming conventions. The format and prizes at special events may vary. So uh, this is potentially restricting... Um, like Latin America had a lot of special events with extremely low uh, turnout and... Uh, some players um, in both games traveled to them and got a lot of easy championship points. Um, the TCG is more uh, understanding of uh, like uh, basically wallet warrioring, um, uh -huh. and so, uh, I mean the TCG the TCG players tend to be uh, wealthier than the VGCers, anyways. Um, so it hasn't really been an issue, and I know that, uh, the USA Day Two players. Um, we all may we sign we we agreed to um, not go down the rabbit hole of everyone's traveling to um, mm -hmm. like, uh, 
Mexico to play in special events. We, we just decided none of us wanted to do anything with it, and we called a truce on it. Um, but uh, maybe this is probably in response to that, I think. Now, did they announce the number of special events for Latin America in the coming season, Stephen? I feel like we talked about this on the show. Maybe we, maybe we didn't. I honestly don't know. I mean, earlier like, earlier today, I actually asked if Europe had a special event schedule. They did not. I think Latin America, those may, that may have been posted elsewhere, because I've heard something about this already. Yeah. Like, they have a ton of them, apparently, exactly. for the upcoming I season or whatever. I think the upcoming season, they've got a lot of them still, uh, which, I mean, will be mitigated to an extent by the six BFL for uh, regionals and special events, I believe. And yes, so, yes. Uh, but, I mean, it's still going to be a crazy, crazy season, considering how many, uh, you know, different countries you're going to have to go to. That's just a lot different than what we see here in, like, the United States or the, you know, European Union, where it's, I believe, I don't want to speak for other regions, but I, I, it's much easier to travel state to state than it is to go country to country. Um, I'm not sure uh, how difficult it is to go through around the European Union, but maybe a little bit easier than going around uh, South America. That would be my guess. Oh, uh, the special events uh, page, it has uh, checked back for more events in this region for U.S. and Canada, Europe, Oceania, Latin America, Russia, and South Africa. Uh, oh, and it's uh, the VG special events are confirmed to be... Uh, the same as regional championships uh, on this page. It's oh, just yeah. not listed on the. That, that's weird that they have it have the uh, table on one page, but it's listed as unconfirmed on another page. Since yeah, they're usually pretty good about that, but I don't know what's up with that. Okay, um, one thing I did want to talk about first before we move on is how. So, yeah, this will all be you know, mitigated over time with just um, how the schedule plays out. And we also got the best finish limit of six. Something I did see um, pick up a lot from last uh, from last week is the kicker specifically for locals for um, top eight uh, for both the pre- premier challenges and midseason showdowns. I don't know if uh, you two see this as a big deal, but um, the kicker is like 24 for top eight to get points. And I believe like if you get a local local tournament like that, um, with like 17 to 23 people, you'll still end up with a top eight cut, I think. So that yes. still hasn't been, that's been an issue for two or three seasons now, and it still hasn't been fixed is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, it's a major issue. It just needs to be resolved, honestly. So this is nothing new. It makes locals in that, re- like that bubble region, uh, dreadful. Like it's just, you know. Yeah, it feels it's so super bad. Deme- it's super demeaning. At- um, but honestly, yeah, very understandable. Uh, so hold on, hold on. Uh, I do want to dive into this a little bit because I've had Go some in-depth it. discussions at uh, locals, and we're kind of stuck in a spot where there's not a better alternative. I don't know what the better alternative is because if you talk about the other two scenarios, now the current scenario is that if you have a between 17 and 23 people at a premier challenge per se, um, you will have a top eight cut, but only top four will earn CP. Now, you can go two ways on this. You can either make it so that this region uh, top eight gets CP uh, if you're in this you know number. And that means if you have 17 people, the top eight are getting CP, which is about half the tournament, you know, just one off. And, I mean, that's okay-ish. It's just kind of like it makes the CP a little bit too easily earned, you know, you, compared to what we see at other levels of tournaments where 
you're not rewarding CP to the top half of the tournament. Uh, and then the other structure is um, you instead make it so that 17 to 23 people only uh, creates a top four cut. And so then those players, instead of having a win and in match to earn CP, uh, they are now just completely eliminated by resistance or what have you, and they don't even get to play for a chance to get CP. They instead can just go home. Uh, so what are your guys' yeah. thoughts? Oh, I am very much of the opinion that you just uh, raised the kicker to 17. Um, that just seems uh, pretty straightforward. Like, you don't want half of the four ones at a tournament to just um, get sent home. Mm-hmm. Or not half of them, but you don't want... It would be a, it's one or two, I guess. So does this align with the first scenario that I laid out? The one where like about half the tournament gets CP? Yeah, I'm I'm fine with half the tournament getting CP in uh, a small number of scenarios. Uh, like that's I'm just completely okay with that for local events. Um, the locals and VGC need any help they can get at this point. I think, and I'm so, I'm glad somebody sees eye to eye with me on that because I see so many people on Twitter and just in general trash locals and. And in general, I'm not trying, like, going along with my philosophy on worlds that it shouldn't be that hard to get. It, uh, I don't think gatekeeping people out of points, you, you just want, you want people to uh, come to the tournament and feel rewarded. I don't think it's bad if half the people go home feeling happy about their tournament. Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, like, it, it's... It's a local tournament. It's supposed to be taken seriously, but it's also supposed to be fun. And sure, make that easy. Make that relatively easy to do. Um, Steven, what do you uh, what do you think about feel, this? That that is actually one of the worst feelings in the game right now is to uh, get knocked out in top eight of oh, yeah. a top four get points. I've done it to people and also been the recipient of it, and it always sucks, even for both sides, because I'm just like, well. This system sucks. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, that's just that's just part of the system at that point. So, um, you know, locals, we've had them since 2014. Um, you know, I wasn't in the beginning. I wasn't the biggest fan of them, and you know, they just still just add more stuff to play to play in. And you know, I'm always on the side of uh, I just want to do the least amount of work possible to get the points. But um, you know, I'll still play in locals. They're still fun. It's just like it's hard to fit them into your schedule, and especially with this season coming up, who knows what that's going to mean for everybody. But um, yeah, I'd rather see more than you know, at half the the top half of the tournament, you know, going away happy. Uh, most of the time, these points are going to end up being negligible anyway. So uh, if those help you, like you know, chip away at the world's invite and help you get them, you know, great. Um, and then you'll just you'll see what happens to you at worlds, but that and that's fine. So. Um, you know, that, that's, that's okay. Actually, that's a cool point because most of the time, um, the local CP wouldn't be the difference between someone, uh, getting invite or not getting it. Um, it just, uh, the difference is in how they feel about how their season is going and seeing that you have, uh, 225 points instead of 220 points at, uh, in February. And that's just. Yeah, yeah. That's one less finish that you have to get, um, or you have to win one less round at a regional. You just you become more likely to keep playing the season, and that, I just think that would help retain players. Yeah, that'd be a really big motivator for all the those players. Um, it also keep 
people uh, stay staying in the local scene and also just keep continuing with the game in general. So they know that they reached a certain threshold that this season, maybe they didn't make worlds, but you know, they got to a certain level and knowing that they can improve their game, maybe I'll get it the following year. So I think that'd be a really important point. You know, ideally we could just um, improve that kicker so that it makes more sense, but um, yeah, just imagine the man, the, uh, I was, I've never been really been in this position where, cause I missed less the last two seasons, but, um, where you're in that top eight cut in that bracket and you know, you get in, you, you fought through a hard day of Swiss and then you didn't uh, get points cause you got knocked out in top eight. So that's going to be really heartbreaking, especially for new players too. Um, that can be pretty tough. So, um, yeah, if this has been a problem for the last few seasons, then, I think, um, you know, hopefully this can be improved. Otherwise, like, we're going to have to just deal with it again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they have, they can fix it. They have to change a couple numbers. And I feel they, like we've raised our concerns on this so many times. It, it It's so, like, honestly, it feels, uh, it feels, like, really cutthroat or punitive, and that just doesn't fit with, like, anything else that Pokemon really does, honestly. And locals especially. It's, yeah. It's just, it's weird for a ton of reasons. Ugh, please fix this guy. Uh, yeah, it's strange. Like, all of the higher level tournaments are more generous, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, it's talking about payouts for PCs, uh, I actually have a related question to us from uh, an email that we got, Stephen. Um, and you sent me this, and uh, I was actually very happy to see this, because we got so many awesome points being raised, questions being asked, and... Uh, this is from at underscore the dork lord on Twitter. Um, I I don't know if they wanted us to read their real name or not, uh, but I, that, that's what they said. If we, they wanted a name right on the podcast the, to read their Twitter handle, so yeah. Um, so I will say this is from Robert B from an email. So we appreciate the email and the uh, uh, kind of responding to, responding to our request to ask for hopes for the VGC circuit for in the future. So, um, Alex, you can go ahead and go through this. I was going to say they sent this to us just after the new information was dropped that we are talking about uh, throughout the, you know, earlier in this show. So, uh, talked about a couple of things that we were right on, wrong on, and just some of the things that they would like to see and were curious our thoughts. So, um, this the first concern that they raise is that the gap between first and second for Premier Challenge is, is too large. They're saying that 30... For first, 16 for second is a little ridiculous, and there's too much on the line there. And they'd like to see a more standard structure that follows, uh, you know, like mid-season payouts. So 30 for first, 24 for second, 18 for top four, or something along those lines. Whereas you're not playing for nearly double the CP in the finals. What do you think of this? Um, I think, uh, like, it's it definitely feels bad to be at a PC and have to play for um, like double the points that you've been, that you've already attained. It's, it, it feel, it, it does feel bad to play it. It's kind of cool that they made a PC finals actually um, have weight. It, it, le- it feels like a high stakes game, yeah. which is a cool feeling to, uh, to have for a PC, but um it also um, it incentivizes players who have second places that maybe they should go and um, keep attending PCs, True. Uh, so that they'll uh, have 
Um, I mean, because you're still fighting for a lot. You're still fighting for a lot. Yeah. Um, winning a PC is important right now. Um, it definitely feels bad, though. So I'm not... Uh, I, I'm kind of in the middle on this. You I see, see what they're science. going for, and I don't really mind it, but I wouldn't mind it if they um, bumped the second place points up. Yeah, I, under, I also understand where uh, Robert's coming from. Um, I'm also under uh, under the or on the side that you know it's also just a premier challenge. Uh, there are plenty of them throughout the season, so you do want to make that finals worth it. Because if it's this, if it's just too easy, um, and you're getting like a similar amount of points for second place, you know it kind of becomes meaningless. So you want these, you want the premier challenges to um, have some you know meaning to you when you've won them. I will say that uh, that is less important now that you don't have uh, the seasonal best finish limits as well, because um, there is less of an incentive to um, just like if you if you have a, a sixteen and a sixteen um, uh, at the first two premier challenges, you're still going to go to the third premier challenge um, and not feel bad about it because you. Uh, have four more spots on your BFL. And so I think that some of that is... Yeah. Uh, you're, not under, you're not under a really tight time constraint. Yeah. To get oh, also trying to chase finishes to fill out your seasonal BFL feels bad. So... Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to the next thing that our question listener. after listener yeah raised um this is less so a question but they just kind of ran some math and uh, informed us that if we were to abolish travel awards we could probably reduce regional entry fees to twenty dollars per person um i don't think there's much to say on this because we've kind of talked about this on the podcast but it's just cool that uh we ran the math a bit on that and um i'll just ask really quick since steven and i have gone over this uh, a bunch Nick, what's your thoughts on the travel award? Like, just short, do you think it should stay or uh, should it go? Uh, it's hard because I've definitely been a beneficiary of the system. It's like, obviously, I'm biased on this. I feel like the travel awards do serve a good purpose of um, incentivizing top players to attend locals which is something that, from what I understand in Smash, like top players just never attend their locals because they don't, it's not good practice for them. They, uh... I was going to say in Smash, it almost seems like it's like BM in Smash because like they could win it so easily that they're just kind of like taking their money and it almost like demoralize players from going. Yeah. Um, And... I, I think that having top players attend locals, like um, everyone goes to MSSs, uh, most top players go to PCs, uh, at least somewhat regularly. Um, so uh, that's a fun way to put it, because uh, a lot of players look at it from the you know travel award perspective. But uh, I really like that Nick is raising the point that it incentivizes, yeah, the top players to go to locals more. That's a really honestly. Honestly, honestly, a very unique standpoint that I've never heard mentioned before. So, uh, thanks for raising that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's the travel awards. There, um, it also um, 
it feels uh, nice to, um, it, it's a, it's something to chase for outside of just a world invite. Um, because if it was just um, a world, if the only two care, if the only two reasons to get championship points were um, a world's day one invite or a world's day two invite, um, it would feel really um, bad to go to a regional on top 16 at, um, and not get a cash payout. And uh, like when you were already um, solidly in day one and couldn't really catch the people in day two and it would just, um, that gives you some, um, or even early in the season, it gives you something to chase for besides a world's invite, which is like eight months away. And it's, uh, I, I think that having the travel awards is a healthy thing for the circuit to have. Uh, you could, uh, there's potentially a discussion to be had about the implementation of travel awards, but I think that they are a healthy thing for the system. Now, uh, like there should be some other carrot besides just yes. um, worlds related. Um, yep, you got to incentivize day two, make it mean something more than just that. Buy to day one to keep the players playing throughout the whole season. Keep, uh, you know, give them this yeah. incentive um, to like know, play um, everything, play all season long. Yeah. And uh, kind of make VGC, in a way, a bit of a career, a bit of a job. Um, <laughs> That's laughable. Uh, well, with the amount of work you have to put in, Stephen, even I if mean, the payout is the amount of work, like sure. Well, like, no one's really a professional because you can't make a living off of this game. It'd be nice if you could. That'd be awesome. I said it was like a job. I didn't say it was like a career. I guess I did say career, but like, you know. Well, you know, I guess I, I veered us off a bit too deep. Anyway. Uh, Moving forward to the next one, though. And um, the travel awards, uh, given that for a person who's already playing pretty seriously, they um, they are they're they're a reward worth chasing. Um, and I agree with that. Yeah, it, it's just it, it is a good thing to have um, the circuit have uh, good rewards that are that incentivize playing outside of just playing the game for enjoyment and etc. Yeah. Now, I, I, I have an awkward little segue into the next one, uh, and that is because Nick mentioned getting top 16 CP at a regional. Uh, this next question has a little bit to do with that, and uh-huh. I keep I keep phrasing these as questions. Most of them are really statements, uh, so they're just points being raised. But um, this next point is about how, how the CP payout should be distributed by record. And you should still have a, you know power of two cut or what have you unless you're having a tournament that is uh an x and two cut for example but they they are raising the point that cp should be distributed by record and uh one player that i know uh has advocated for this a lot or at least one of the first players i saw advocate for this was uh gavin michaels so i just wanted to credit him for being the one who plugged this idea into my brain but um yeah guys thoughts on that yeah, so Robert brings up even in a statement like. Oh, Nick, uh, well, I'm going to just say this, Gavin's uh, a. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, I just wanted to say that Gavin's a big fan of resistance um, in general. So he might be misattributing that, but I, I could be wrong. I'm just raising that. But uh, go ahead, Stephen. Sorry for cutting you off. No worries. So yeah, Robert even brings up in a statement like that he's never seen this uh, topic talked about before. Um, I do. I don't feel like that is correct because you know this has been talked about for a number of years. Um, once we've 
first had championship points introduced in 2013 uh, officially. But um, yeah, I, I also am also on the same side as you here is that I want to see points tied to your record instead of your actual placement. Um, I just want to bring up something really quick and something that's just really silly and stupid from the first season we had points into uh, official points in 2013 where they meant something. Uh huh. Back uh, so nowadays when you finish in the top 16, uh, ninth place through 16th place, you get the same amount of points. Back in 2013, ninth through 12th and 13th through 16th were separate point values. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's like I'm looking at the point tables right now. Like for for a regional in 2013, 9th through 12th is 50 points, 13 through 16 is 40 points. Oh, so man. the distri- the distribution was different back then, but um yeah, that was a thing. So Steven, I'm going to need you to, to either, you know, post that in the episode links or like uh tweet that out because I want to see this and I think everybody else deserves to see this silly little <laughs> okay actually um i uh if i were designing the system i would go a step further and i would have um every single placing uh give uh slightly fewer points as you so go like down a formula for just, it. <laughs> yeah um so that uh you didn't have hard bubbles of 20 points um i th- i think that the gap between uh 14th and 15th should be the same as the gap between 15th and 16th, and that should be the same as 16th and 17th. Um, okay. And uh, do you also believe this should trail down much further then, and to yes. the point where um, somebody is getting two CP for top, you know, 128 at a regional? Yeah, um, I think that having hard cutoffs, um, it feels really terrible for the people who bubble, um, and it feels. Uh, it, it, well, I will say that having bubbled into a lot of things this year, it actually does feel pretty good, uh, but, but I'm not only, sure. If, it only feels good because of how bad it would have felt otherwise. I, I'm not sure that I my mindset on this is the same as everyone else. So, like, I'm not sure that I'm representative. Uh, I take great pleasure in bubbling into things, but I also <laughs> just generally take great as pleasure into, uh, uh, like, um, I celebrate my good fortune. Uh, somewhat tongue-in-cheek but like also it, it anyways it feels really bad to bubble things is the point and i um i think the resistance in general is pretty representative of how difficult your tournament was and i would just i would like if that were baked into the um payouts uh, a bit more than it is right now um like the current uh formula of hard cutoffs feels clumsy and i think they could um, give uh, better. Uh, they they could do better and give more representative representative prizes for uh, results. So now you're making baking analogies, of course. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, jokes aside, I mean, go on, Steve. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, uh, thanks for letting me go on my tangent of that, but yeah, it's cool. I like Sorry. that a lot. But yeah, uh, you know, I hear. would I would like to see it tied to record if uh, they did. Yeah, want to do it that way. Nick's idea of, you know, just having it trickle down, you know, by some formula or something, uh, by each placement, you know, that would at least make feel fake feel players feel that like they got something out of it, and they yeah. just didn't got nothing, which is the case right now sometimes. Um, I'll agree with the what I'm interpreting to be the intent of the statement that um, bubbling out and getting uh, significantly fewer points than 
a uh, person with the same record right above you feels terrible and uh ideally something could be done about that um yeah and there there are different ways to solve that mm-hmm. um so like uh yeah i'll agree with uh, the point that they were making uh so wait you're agreeing yeah. with yourself i don't love i i don't love uh giving like 33rd and 48th place at the tournament or well that would uh i don't get i love giving uh like 27th and 48th at the tournament the same uh reward though because um the 27th place player who went five and two was they definitely had a harder tournament than the person with like 43 resistance Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you still want to see a reflection of the schedule that they faced in there uh represented so, um, anyway, Stephen, any more thoughts on that uh, state that one before I go on? No, I think we got to cover there. All right. So then, uh, then we see uh, uh, Robert. Is it Robert? It was. Was it Robert? Yes. It is. Yes. <laughs> okay. There we go. I scrolled down a little too much. Uh, Robert B. Uh, also raises that um, the location of the European regionals and specials were a bit hard to get to. Uh, and uh, we'll kind of just brush right past that one. No offense to him, but just we don't have much to say on that. <laughs> Saying as we're all Americans, yeah, we're all we're all uh, North American players, so we don't really know the locations and stuff for that. I'm sure more European players could speak to that, but um, yeah, it would be nice if that they were in like more accessible locations. Is what I'm getting. I did from hear this. that. Um, I think it was Bolzano was a real big um, offender on this. Um, uh, like it, it was just not easily um, reachable for anyone. Really, it was. Uh, I, I I really don't have much else to say other than I heard that Balzano was a real big offender for um, what they're raising. And yeah, I like Stephen and Alex. I'm I'm a North American player, so I don't <laughs> pay too much attention to Europe uh, in terms of their regionals. Hearsay. So. Hearsay, I say. Now, <laughs> the uh, the final thing from uh, Robert B. he mentions, and this one is, in fact, a question, and I do not want to uh, make Robert feel bad in any way, but I thought this question was hilarious um, because he, he asks, what's the minimum CP someone needs to reach to be able to put VGC at the end of their Twitter name? So I know my answer, and that is zero. <laughs> Uh, because um, everyone should be able to put VGC at the end of their name so that they can identify the game that they're playing so that you know these are Pokemon players who are playing the video game side. You don't need to have some CP value tied to things, but um, just you want to be able to identify the game you're playing. I don't think the, you need to be like having a huge amount of points or anything like that. It's supposed to be a fun thing to be able to label, label yourself that way. And... Uh, you don't even have to attend tournaments in order to be uh, a member of the community. For a recent example, um, Pluffy was a notable member of the VGC community for um, a year and a half, I think, maybe more, um, before he attended his first regional. And uh, like anyone who knew him would not dispute that he was uh, a, like a member of the community, and he just didn't. He didn't attend anything, so he didn't. He didn't have any championship points. And so, yeah, uh, being a member of the community can be accomplished through a number of ways, other than just tournament success. 
So I don't have anything new to add to the subject since I entirely agree with the points uh, Stephen and Nick raised. I just wanted to say that I didn't even know this was a question. So I'm I'm curious how this uh, popped into your mind or uh, how you formulated this thought because, uh, again, I'm not trying to mock you or make fun. I just it's not something that's ever crossed my mind. I don't I don't think there's any kind of uh rite of passage that you need to earn to put vgc in your twitter handle it's just you know if you want to be a part of the community and you want to be known for it do that it's whatever you want i mean uh i think i'm the only one of us that has vgc in the title and that's just because the twitter handle lexicon was already taken oh i see so yeah it actually it, it actually made logistical sense for you to do that so um yeah i just didn't feel the need for it i like the flow of mine the way it was so i didn't add it but um, yeah, Robert, sorry if that's not the answer you were kind of looking for. Uh, maybe you were looking for an actual concrete value, but... Thank you so much, though, Robert, Yeah, thank you so much questions. for the email, for the for your um, hopes for the VGC circuit in the future, and thank you so much for the email. We really appreciate that a lot, so that we can have some more talking points on the show here. Lots of great topics raised. Thanks so much. Yeah. Now, we have another one last question here to cover, and uh, this will be perfect because we do have everyone... We do have uh, two people with two different... Uh, well, let's just get into the question first. Then we can talk about what the difference is. So, what is it like to have a day two invite versus a day one invite? So, we have this right here in front of me. We have uh, Alex with day one. We have Nick with uh, day two. And uh, Oh, Nick, wait, wait, wait. Had... I have to add the third one. What's your third one? And no invite. Okay, yeah, that would be me in this Did cast you... today. <laughs> Steven but, is included. Um, Yay! <laughs> but, uh, so, Nick, you've also had day two invite back in 2017, and then 2018, I believe both of you were day one, correct? Oh, man, we were so uh, close, though. 2016 as well, we both had a day one invite. Yes, yes. So, yeah, let's just cover, you know, what's it like, uh, what's the difference at the end of the season having a day two invite versus a day one invite versus not having an invite? Uh, so I can't really speak on it because I've never gotten a day two invite. I've gotten close twice, and uh, I can tell you it probably would have felt cool. But uh, that's all I can say. Nick, let's uh, throw it your way because you're the real one this question is targeted at. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, it feels pretty good. It um, It is a recognition that um, you, I, I, don't, I guess, had you did good yet I you had a solid season, uh, or like a really solid season, I guess. Um, and it's just, yeah, it. Like I, I'm proud of having a day two invite this season, and now, how does I'm it proud of going doing into it in worlds, though. Like you know, you know, you've been a day one invite before. You've been twice, and you've been a day two invite before. Uh, how does it feel going into worlds with those two different approaches? Um. My world's prep has historically been absolutely terrible, um, and I've been honestly pretty flummoxed about how to go about preparing for worlds. So, honestly, like I'm maybe the worst day two player to ask about this, uh, but it. Um, He's not wrong, Stephen. I've been a witness it, to this. Yeah, it, I. <laughs> the first time I had a day two invite, I really built it up in my head as something huge. Uh, and important because, uh, like last season uh, in 2016, I barely missed making day two through day one. Um, I'm not going to go too far into it, but there were a lot of dark void misses and, uh, so in the last round. Yeah. Uh, 
And in 2017, I had a huge breakout season and I finished uh, first after not really doing anything notable in 2016. And so I was really pressured with living up to that. Uh, and I didn't really know how to go about handling my own pressure uh, or the pressure that I felt. And so I honestly did a really bad job of preparing for Worlds. I just kind of broke down in, uh, in my prep and didn't do anything. And the team that I ended up taking was pretty terrible. And uh, I was fortunate to get to 4-3 with terrible resistance. Um, and in 2018, I also did terrible prep. I just rehashed my Nats team and decided that I didn't really want to, like, I, it, my world's prep is so bad historically. Oh my God. Uh, anyways, <laughs> it's, it's a weird question for me to answer. It, I, I feel really proud of the achievement, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what I'll say. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry for rambling. No, no, no. All good. It's uh, it's interesting to get in the mind of a J2 player and understand uh, how different players approach it because your approach is certainly unique. And I'm not trying yeah. to say that as an insult. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. I think it's still a special accomplishment, you know, when making day two of Worlds, whether it's through uh, the season or if you make it through day one of Worlds, it's still a really big accomplishment. So it's something every player who does that should be proud of. Yeah, and I am very, very proud of having day two invites uh, for both of the seasons. Um, they are uh, they're two of my uh, favorite achievements that I've done in Pokemon. Oh, oh, oh the other one is winning. Oh, I want to say it's winning a regional, but honestly, you really liked your Nats cut. So is it your Nats cut? Um, winning. The, honestly, I weigh the... I think my first regional one is probably my favorite accomplishment because of how it happens and um, uh, like the just there there was a lot that went into uh, that tournament that I'm really fond of. After that, uh, my NAAC cut would be probably my second favorite achievement. Um, and then because Chansey Puzzle was super fun and it was a team that I'd played forever uh, relative to the format and is. I know you had a lot of, there was a lot of passion in that team, yeah. And then, yeah, after those two, uh, I would probably put my day two invites um, Okay. as like my next achievements. So, then, most proud of. so then Dallas goes behind all of that. Uh, Dallas is also behind the Oceania um, uh, Internet's cut. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, no, Dallas is, um, Dallas is actually pretty uh, far down the totem pole. It was... I felt like Dallas was me getting paid back for having played all of Sun Series with a team that was really good, and I just never... I, I didn't get to play any sets and cut with it, despite, um, in my opinion... like it, I felt I played well enough at all of the tournaments to have, um, like, I, I guess, built up like expected wins and cut, and then I just... And I didn't... I, I just whiffed Sun Series. And you, you basically then, played well enough to reach the slot machine at the end of it. Yeah. And said, hey, do I make it into cut or not? And you pulled it three or four times yeah. with the Sun team. That and you then I, yeah, and I just high rolled my way through cut. And, and then um, finally I just, you made it into cut. And then that was yeah, it. I, the game. Yeah, I, I got like I, I locked Aaron out of cut and 
um, played well enough in my other two sets uh, to make it through. But the, the game, uh, yeah, the game just decided that I was winning that tournament. Um, I got myself into an okay position, and like I'm, I'm still proud of it. Just it was, it was, yeah. I'm, sh- I, it, it was more of a shruggy than uh, most of my other accomplishments. Uh huh. Uh huh. So yeah, go. I just wanted to say one last thing before we wrap up here that uh, good luck to Nick on day two or in day two. And uh, hope to see you there. Uh, hope to see you there too. Uh, yeah, good luck to you on day one. Yeah, Alex has to deal with the grind of uh, day one here. So, uh, Alex, do you want to tell us about you know just having getting a day one invite versus? Uh, you only well, technically you have had have day two invites, but they were through Worlds. Oh so yes, yes. What what you know what was that like in 2016 and 17 versus 18 when you did not make it through last year? Yeah, so this is the thing is that uh, I can't speak to Nick um, and ask if he could compare a day two invite with a buy versus a day two invite with the fight through day one. Because, uh, Nick, you have not fought your way through day one, right? I haven't. Like, uh, 2016, I got really close. And, um, like, I've, I fought my way through day ones at Internets, and I feel like that's pretty comparable, honestly. Yeah. So... Yeah, we're I, talking we're talking worlds here and uh yeah, oh sorry yeah <laughs> day, uh so i mean the first time i qualified for worlds in 2016 i did make it through day one and uh honestly that did feel really really sick i was a bit down about it because i was probably one of the lowest placings in uh in day two um i didn't end up dropping or anything but i mean i was like i was three and four or something i mean it wasn't awful but it was not good and uh was down about it but then i mean i qualified for day two again the next year and it was really cool to have this 100 percent day two uh rate that i had going at the time where i was like wow i was two for two made it through uh once again had a really really bad day two so uh my vision at the time for both of these was very clouded seeing as like wow these day twos were cool but they didn't mean much because again i was one of the lowest playing players on the day uh, for day two, but just in general, uh, making it to that second day through day one, um, is, it's really, really awesome. It's, it feels about just as good as, you know, cutting a regional or something like that. And, uh, I gotta say, like, I enjoy that. Uh, I enjoyed the, like the fight, you know, it feels like you're really earning it. Even if, uh, I wasn't able to hold my own against the top tier of talent of day two for those respective years. And then, I mean, I still had my day one in 2018. This was uh, the last two years were the years that I was nearly, nearly day two, but uh, just fin- ended up finishing, you know, in the top 10 or so or wherever I've ended up. And um, 2018, I, I think I did, like, I prepped a lot but didn't pay off, and that's fine. This year, I mean, I'm I'm going to do great, right? Come on. I got to believe in myself. Yeah, I believe in you. Yeah, you'll be fine. No worries. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen yet, so we'll we'll just see. We'll uh, no, we'll we do know. I'm going to do. Over. We we do know. I'm going to do fine. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> no need to worry about that. And then uh, having no invite, you know, it sucks. It's like you know, it'd, it'd be nice to play. <laughs> it'd be nice to play in worlds, but uh, you know, I get to I just get to enjoy the off season and uh, enjoy being a spectator of worlds, whether that's uh, through the stream or in person. So that's nice, and I'm sure anyone else who does not have an invite feels the same way. Like. Yeah, I did not mean I, to be. Sucks. I wasn't trying to be rude to the no invite people. I just wanted to like point, poke a jab at Steven. 
hey, I'm I'm trying to speak the truth here. Like, it sucks when you don't get an invite, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, it's hard any of those years when you don't do it. Um, so yeah, um, that pretty much covers all the bases here, and that's uh that's our show. Now, uh, yeah, so we just wanted to say thank you to Nick for joining us today. We really appreciate your time here. Uh, it means a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a good time. It was certainly a good time. Yeah, it was great. So, lastly, folks, remember you can find our show in a variety of different places here. You can uh, send us feedback, comments, and questions to our email, vgchybervoice at gmail.com. Remember, we'd really appreciate those a lot. That'd be awesome. Now, you can also find us on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes. On iTunes, you can leave us a review to help us with visibility and help others discover the show. You can also tell your friends in person. Um, just tell them about the show that we exist. And we can, you can also find us on Google Play and Spotify. You can also find us on our Facebook group uh, and follow the show on Twitter at The Hypervoice. Now, you can also follow all of us personally as well. I am at Super Morioka. Alex, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Lexicon VGC in the name VGC Lexicon VGC. And you can find me at NailsOU on Twitter. The letter is OU. <laughs> just one. one Wait, one. that's the wrong format. Yeah, nails. Is, Nick, that's the wrong format. <laughs> How did you earn what? that uh, title? Oh, um, uh, honestly, I made it uh, when I first made my smoking account back in 2010. And, uh, I, uh, I also had made a couple other forum alts, uh, like I made Nails UU as well. And that one just, uh, it's, I, I never used it, but it was super weird and I was super new to everything. And I didn't know that that wasn't a thing that people did. Um, cause like I had ladder alts and so I made forum alts. It, it was, okay, okay, it was gotcha. definitely... So you were just trying to associate it with that account, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I fixed it before too long. Um, uh, like, the other nails was dead, and so I just had uh, a mod uh, delete that account, and uh, I slid on. It up. And, uh, but, um, yeah, I've stuck with it because nails is taken everywhere, and nails OU is taken pretty much nowhere. Uh, so... It's just a username that is me. All right. Awesome. So there we go, everybody. Thank you for listening to our show. We hope you've enjoyed it. And stay tuned for more of the Hyper Boys. Alola. Alola.